Welcome in to a special episode of the Capital Crossover Podcast. This is your boy, Kyle J. Andrews. I'm here, not alone, not by myself, <laughs> not me, myself, and I, none of that, because we got somebody special back in the building. <laughs> That's a good question. He might want to answer that for y'all. My guy, it's good to be back, bro. It's your boy, Jack. I have returned. It's been a couple of months, but we got some big news today, obviously. So had to do the emergency pod, had to get back to it. And I'm happy to be back. I'm happy that Kyle was allowing me to be back after a disastrous season that we just had. But, you know, let's get to it, bro. Yeah, it was it was very nasty. But, uh, you know, it, I mean, it happens. Like the Wizards and a significantly different place i mean some people will say it's better other people will say it's worse we know what this is though the wizards are reportedly sending bradley beal out to the suns for chris paul uh you know a number of pick swaps and uh landry shamit i mean it it is what it is you know and i I think cp3 they chris haynes reported this from uh TNT, but he said that it's a possibility that Chris Paul's flipped to the Clippers. So not the worst thing in the world. Jordan Goodwin's also most likely heading out in this deal. Um, he's another B.O. guy, East St. Louis. And then he, I think if I'm not mistaken, he played on Bradley Beal's AAU team. So these are just things that to keep in mind with the Wizards. It, it's a Michael Winger led front office now. And I'm not upset about it in the in the sense of it clears cap space up. You know what time it is. It's time to rebuild. It's time to blow it up, you know, break it all down. And they got a chance. They could next year, the year after this, I think in 20 in the 2024 season, 2024, 2025, now you got a chance to have a bunch of young guys on this team, you know, build it kind of the way the Orioles did. I've been talking about that a lot on the pod that this is starting to remind me a little bit of the Orioles rebuild already. And, um, you know, it's interesting to me. What do you, what are your thoughts? Jack? Yeah. I mean, so the main, the first couple of things, obviously, like as you guys have not heard my voice on here much because I just kind of, I got tired of the Tommy Shepard, Bradley Beal product, right? That's, it just got old. It got to a point where I didn't want to watch basketball as much. But with that being said, you know, they moved Beal today and they're, everybody's been talking about the couple of different, you know, not great packages that they could have taken. And it, you know, in a vacuum, it, it was not a, you know, it wasn't a great move, right? It was as far as value. But at the end of the day, your, your, your hands are tied when you give out the biggest contract in the history of the NBA and you include a no trade clause for like the, the 12th time in NBA history. Right. So they went for the they went for the cap space, which is what it is. But, you know, it's nice that they finally picked, you know, picked a lane Um, in a vacuum. Like we said, it's you know, it didn't it doesn't look great. There's still a couple of pieces that need to happen before the draft on Thursday night. But it's just at this point, I'm it's rejuvenated to not have Brad in that big contract on the books anymore for me personally. It's nice that they finally picked a direction instead of just trying to be middling. And like, as we keep saying, like, did the trade look good in a vacuum? Not particularly, but I'm not ready to write off winger and those guys 
off of this first move, right? They clearly, they, they're clearly competent guys. They, you know, have competent experience. They've been in a lot of situations where they've done things like this. So if they think that's what's best and that the cap space is part of, you know, have part of the bigger plan and they can move forward and, in the direction that they want to go, I'm, I'm, I'll trust them for right now. Right. It would have been nice to get that Miami value, but at the end of the day, you know, if you want to, if their choice is the cap space, um, that's fine with me. Right. You know, they, they obviously still have the pieces. They have to figure out what they're doing with Chris Paul. Um, and then the more interesting, this, this makes the KP opt in opt out even more interesting. Right. So it's like, you know, that you, you're probably getting more value for Chris Paul and Porzingis in itself than you just got for Bradley Beal. Then that just shows you, how terrible that contract was. So still a couple of pieces to play out. It'll be interesting. Trade doesn't look great on the, you know, in a vacuum, like, keep, like I keep saying, but, you know, it's nice that they finally picked the side. It's nice that they're finally going to do this rebuild. That's seven years too late to be out five years too late. Excuse me. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, it's a new day, I think. And I think that's what, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here and excited to, you know, excited to see. So. I just think people need to breathe a little bit easier. It's a lot of, I mean, a lot of people complaining about spilled milk on Wizards Twitter right now. I think I'll, I'll argue that. I feel like a lot of people are complaining about things that the old front office did. And I get it. Cause it's like, you know, you're just mad at this situation that they don't have what they, what they could have possibly gotten had they traded Bill, you know, and I get that, but you know, it's a new day the new front office, the, you got to give them a chance to work their plan. Now you can't just say, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm giving up on them right off rip. Cause I, I just feel like, well, I mean, you can, but like, I'm, I don't advise that if you really want to see it through, like, I just think the wizards are in a way better situation than they were 24 hours ago. It once the deal goes through. Um, just because they had that cap space to move in the next couple of years, if that cap space hits, and then you could flip some of these other guys as tradable assets, because um, their contracts look a lot more, you know, I would say riveting for 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 other teams, because it's like, well, now we could get we could get Shamit or Chris Paul on a rental, you know, that looks way better than having Chris Paul for a three year deal or having. Having Bradley Beal as, you know, above average as he was, because he was an above average player to very, I mean, to very good. But we saw what the what their max was with him. Their max was getting to the second round, and that was when Beal was there. I mean, well, that was when Wall was there, my bad. Um, and, you know, the Russell Westbrook year, they got swept practically. <laughs> you know, it was it should have been, it was a gentleman sweep, but, those are some of the things that I look at with Beal. You never, you were never gonna get above that, you know, second round ceiling. And that was when you had every single cylinder clicking. And so at this point, this new front office comes in. They're not really attached to Beal. They didn't really want the contract there. They flipped them, or they're in the process of flipping them as we speak. I'm not upset with it. I don't think our listeners should be upset with that either, considering that, like, this is what a lot of y'all complained for this whole time. You wanted Beal gone. Now now he might be gone, and you still want to sit here and complain. And, hey, like like we said, it's a new day. We never know. And the other thing, too, is, a hey, a coaching spot opened up for the Wizards, too. They have I mean, Pat Delaney's leaving. 
So now they need a new lead assistant. Maybe the Wizards bring in, you know, a former head coach at lead assistant. Maybe that helps out the team. Maybe that helps people develop. And that's those are some of the small things that I'm looking for from this Wizards team is like, how different is everything from top to bottom? Like, how are the Wizards going? Are the Wizards just going to tank without trying to develop guys? Or are they actively going to try to go all in? And it seems like they will with Travis Schlenk. He's already proven that he could do it. He's already proven that he's, you know, gotten the right people, the right coaches in there that follow his vision. Um, we saw that when the Hawks were at their peak. Wizards were, um, you know, getting smacked in the mouth. <laughs> by those Hawks teams at times. So it's going to be really interesting to see how Schlenk takes that, develops the players, gets a, you know, more young talent in here, maybe get a team that, you know, tanks for a year or whatever. And then actually just make a decision on a team. That's the big thing. We That middle build, quote unquote, that Tommy Shepard did under Ted Leonsis was just, it's a joke. <laughs> and frankly, we're all worse off for it because. We would have been we would have been sitting in a, a totally different situation, um, you know, years later had they had they decided, hey, look, this Beal and, and Wall situation isn't going to work. Let's just blow it up completely, because that's what I thought we me and you have talked about that for years, like before Wall was like significantly injured. I would have been like, mm, you know what? If you got to trade one, I would have traded Beal back then because I thought he had more value. But they didn't do that. And look where they are now. They had to, I mean, they had to come back to this situation and it's fine now because it's water under the bridge. But, you know, it happens. Yeah. I mean, I think that at the end of the day, right, like you said, it, Wenger and those guys were not tied to anybody on this team, right? They want to scrap and they, I mean, we were, we're really, we're, the, the the outrage is really over, you know, we're starting a rebuild, right? The outrage is over being on the ground floor, which is where we are right now. And had we taken that Miami pick, maybe you're on the first floor, right? To use an analogy. It's like, you're not, it's just, there's just not really much. It's pennies on the dollar at that point. Right. So it's like, there's not, could they have gotten more? Absolutely. But they clearly want to scrap and they clearly want to build for the future. They don't want to be good right now. They want to clear cast space. Okay, cool. That's what that's where we are, right? They're gonna, you know, Thursday is gonna be an interesting day. We'll know what the Porzingis thing's gonna look like. We'll know who they're taking. You know, I, I mean, if you go in, if you if you flip Chris Paul and get, you know, BJ Boston, Amir Coffee, draft Anthony Black, you know, trade Porzingis for, you know, whatever. I don't really know what Porzingis is. You know, I don't know what a package for Porzingis looks like at the moment. We know what they talked about. Um, but I mean, like it's, it's literally ground. It's literally what we've all been begging for. Right. So we can't complain now. Right. It is what it is. We're starting on ground zero. Let's let winger work. Right. Let's let the man cook. Let's see what he can do. If, you know, two years from now, you know, the team looks exactly like they do right now. Yeah. Like, of course, like then there's, there's always going to be discourse, but it's kind of just like, this is what we asked for. We could have, we clearly could have gotten a better package three years ago or two years ago. But we didn't, right? This is all it's I'm we're not gonna sit here and cry over spilled milk, like you said, and talk shit about Tommy and all those guys because it's, it's not even worth it at this point. They did an absolutely awful job, right? Tommy Shepard did it. I would I'm at a point where I'd argue that Tommy Shepard did a worse job than Ernie Grunfeld did. Um, but it's I mean, it is what it is, right? We're here now. Let's see what Winger and those guys can do, right? There's still pieces that gotta, you know, gotta be figured out. 
before Thursday and, you know, we'll kind of move from there. So no, no reason. I don't see the reason to be outraged this early. I just, it doesn't, doesn't seem plausible to me. Yeah, it's crazy. (laughs) That, that outrage is so wild to me right now because it's just like you haven't even seen what's going to happen in the next couple of days let alone the next couple of years you know one we'll see what happens i'm i'm really excited about what happens on thursday i want to see who they end up drafting people should be excited about that hopefully you know someone drops down to them that they didn't foresee in the past i mean there's a discussion whether or not Porzingis could possibly go for the third overall pick, which I would, I would adore. I would adore that move. Um, I'm not sure how that would work just because we don't even know if Dame's going to like, my thing is why would you trade the third overall pick if Dame's leaving? Um, And so they just have to make a decision. Are they, are they going to get, are they going to keep Dame there uh, and trade for, you know, a player like Porzingis or somebody similar, are they going to try to, you know, make sure that they get in a different situation where they got to, they got to try to like flip Porzingis for something else? I don't know. But if we're talking about, you know, Beal getting traded and then you trade Porzingis, who is going to make 36 million, um, clear cap space, possible, you know, third overall pick and the eighth overall pick. I'm taking that every day of the week versus where they were just a few months ago. And we saw that. I mean, they still have people to trade. Like Gafford's deal isn't God awful. You know, some team will want a backup center that plays as well as Gafford does. We got to, I think that's, that's the one thing that I don't think people are considering is that like we talked about before, Monty Morris is still out there. You can still move him. You can still move DeLon right. He's a good contract to have because he's a very capable defender. Um, Gafford's another guy that they could still move. You know, this team is about to get blown up, and that and that's fine. That's what everybody clamored for. And I, I think like you can't you can't sit there and complain about the situation at hand when they haven't had a chance to cook. Once they once they get that chance to cook, then we can talk. But um, like I said, draft time. I'm excited. I don't know who you want the Wizards to draft, but I got I got a couple people in mind. Yeah, so I do want to touch on just a couple things with the KP situation. Uh, I was in I was in Greg's space earlier, and Troy came on. Troy Halliburton came on, and they said that, and he said, you know that. I, again, I don't know why, but they Troy said that. Three for Porzingis and eight is a real thing, right? There, there's a little bit of legs to it. It sounds atrocious if you're Portland, right? Like I don't see. I mean, I guess like you want you you want to make Dame happy. You you know you still have a high pick and a good draft, and you now have Porzingis. Is that you know if that's what Dame wants? It is what it is. I was also told that there was like a quit like a small inside scoop that that Brooklyn is going to make a pretty hard look at three, like centered around a couple of firsts and Mikel Bridges, which I'd like probably like Mikel Bridge. It's like, it depends on what Dame wants, man. Like, it sounds like he's not going to ask out today. Right. So as a, if that's, I don't see why that would make Dame that much happier, but it sounds if it's already got legs to it past like an NBA Legion tweet, like 
like and maybe it's a real thing i don't i don't think it gets done but i mean if you get three obviously that change it that pretty much makes everything with bread moot at that point right if you end up with three it doesn't nothing matters because you had you now have your franchise altering draft pick right you have brandon miller or you have scoot henderson so like I said, I don't see why that would be a thing, but I mean, crazy things have happened. Bradley Beal just got traded for pennies on a dollar. Maybe Portland's as desperate as the Wizards used to be, right? Maybe they're Markeith Morris for the ninth pick, you know, kind of stupid. Um, I think if they stay at eight, like I, I think Anthony Black's destined to be a wizard as of right now, unless that trade changes. Um, it just seems like, I mean, the comparison for Black has always been giddy. And who drafted Josh Giddy? Will Dawkins. So it just it see it almost seems like it's just just destiny at this point. Um, I like Anthony Black. I mean, he brings you the playmaking point guard that you haven't had since Wall left, really. Like Westbrook for a little bit, but and you know, I like is Anthony Black your cornerstone that you build your franchise around? No, not necessarily. But he's a you know that's a good secondary piece to have right this draft is going to be huge it's a huge it's a huge you know shift you know after trading deal for you know what the Wizards are going to do moving forward wherever they draft is going to be locked in and part of this you know rebrand so again I don't think that Anthony Black or anybody that they drafted eight would be like the guy moving forward but who knows I like Anthony Black's game if he becomes Josh Giddy, I think that you are in good shape if you're the Wizards not saying it'll happen but you know who else you got who else you see at eight so I've heard a number of other people talk about like Bilal Koulibaly. Um, I'm not feeling that pick necessarily either. Uh, I've heard like, um, you know, Kobe Booth, Boothkin. I mean, I, I I like it, but at the same time, it's like, I don't like it at eight. You know, I, I think that's the biggest thing I've heard. Um, where a number of other guys, Taylor Hendricks, I've heard. Jairus Walker, another guy that I'm like, okay. I mean, it it doesn't it doesn't move me as much as like Anthony Black would at that spot. Just because Anthony Black, like people have said, if he can turn into Josh Giddy, that's beautiful. Like Josh Giddy is a very good, I think he can be a nice number three on a team, a very good number three on a team. And the fact that, you know, they have, I mean, OKC set up for the future. They have like their chat, they have chat, they have Shea, you know, and then they also have um, Giddy and they got a lot of other first round picks that they could still move um, and get some pieces for. So I'm just, if I'm the, if I'm the Wizards, I like what I see. I mean, Will Dawkins has been in this situation where he, he has guys that he can start building around. So. You know, it's going to be really interesting to see what he says when what they say when that card comes down. I think Anthony Black's the guy at this moment at eight if he's there. Um, I'd also draft Asar Thompson if he's there. Like if one of the Thompson twins are there, you got to you got to grab him in my opinion. Um, I know Asar isn't like you know the higher level prospect that his brother is, but. I really like his game, and I think he he has a chance to develop into something special, especially with his explosiveness. Um, and I think that first step that he has, that's you know a special first step, puts the Wizards in a significantly better situation to have an actually athletic 
backcourt possibly. You know, that's something that they they just have not had as like an outstandingly athletic backcourt in years. It's gonna be cool to finally see. So that that's where I'm at with it. It's either SR or Anthony Black, if one of those two that are still there. And they might both not be. Who knows? If not, if Cam Whitmore is still there, I want Cam Whitmore just because, you know, Baltimore connection. Yeah, I mean, I think that, like, Cam, I mean, we, me and you both read it, but, like, Cam soared up the board. Not soared, but, like, moved up on the boards after his, you know, after his his workouts, right? So I, I doubt it. I think two months ago would have been realistic, and then he killed those workouts. So, I'd like, if he got past the top six, I'd be pretty surprised. But, yeah, I mean, I think the guys that you said – realistically you'd probably take over Anthony Black if they're there. I just don't know that they'll be there. Um I like I can't get away from the OKC thing with Anthony Black, bro. Like I like I'm almost inclined to say that if Anthony Black is there eight, even if Whitmore like even though we might want that, I have this really strange feeling that they're gonna take Anthony Black if he is there, regardless of who else is on the board. Yo, uh, you know what that feels like. No O'Key feels like how um I, I keep making this comparison, but the Orioles when Michael Elias was with uh Michael Elias when he was with Houston, they would just draft the archetype of player. It was like mm-hmm. they had that archetype when they were in St. Louis when they were with the Cardinals. And then when they went to Houston, they were just like, oh dang, we gotta draft the same type of archetype of player. And so, like you said, I think that's that's actually that makes sense that they would go try to get a giddy light kind of guy just because they know how to, you know, coach that kind of guy. up. Yeah. And again, like. Would I rather those other guys over Anthony Black? Yeah, probably. I think that Cam and the, the Thompson twin kind of fit the molds of what you need to win in today's NBA more than a point guard. Um but a, a but a shifty, you know, playmaking point guard who can do a little bit of everything and is a great defender, you know, that's never – you're never going to shy away from that in, in any type of NBA. Um, so would I, like, jump on the tables and be like, yes, like we have our savior, Anthony Black is here. Like, no, obviously not. But, you know, that's – those are the kind of pieces you need if you're going to go full scale like this, right? Again, I don't think that Anthony Black is the savior. I don't think he's the Scoot Henderson that the Wizards re- actually, um, but he's one of those like secondary guys that make championship teams what they are. If he become if he lives up to the potential that he has, right? He's those he's that second third guy that you know gets the star over the hump and and you know wins you basketball games. So. It'll be interesting, man. I think, you know, we obviously got to hold out for this KP stuff. I still think that I'm still curious to see what the market for KP is outside of that. So, like, I have no idea what, like, can you get Kaminga? Can you get, if you can't get three, can you get Anthony Simons? You know, what's like, how, what is, what can he get? you? I have no, I really don't have any ideas. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm intrigued about because I'm like, a lot of teams could use a Porzingis, you know. A lot of teams could use a player that is seven foot three, can shoot the three, lights out, can can block shots. I mean, we we talked about it a lot of times during our shows, but like 
Porzingis is one of the best rim protectors in the league. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean he's outstanding on a defensive end, but like he does his job and more than just his job. If you get a guy that can get you 29 and two blocks, I mean, heck, I, I take that every time. Like, I, I just, I feel like for on a one year deal, it becomes that much more attractive because you don't have to commit to it long, long term for another team. So I look at like, you know, maybe it's like, I don't know. I, I think the, so this is my biggest thing. If you are a team like the Heat, you want to, you want to spin it back and you say, okay, we think Bam would be best at power forward. Um, do you get a Porzingis? I'd probably answer no considering that their team, <laughs> I don't know if Porzingis will really, I mean, he would fit like in a, in a, in a vacuum he fits, but I also think too, like Porzingis is more of, more of a, a four, the way he plays defense, you know, I would say he's more of a four. Um, now height wise, obviously he's a, he's a five, but that that's the biggest thing. It's like, you have to kind of weigh those things. You look at, you said Kaminga. I like that idea too. Um, I just wonder if, uh, you know, the Warriors are willing to give up that much. Uh, I, I look at like a, um, let's see, I'm, I'm trying to think of some other teams. I mean, so many teams could use a Porzingis, though. Like, that, that's the thing. I think he's a very valuable piece to have, but it's like, you know, you, you also try to find out, like, what teams are willing to have him. I think he's better when he can kind of, run the they don't necessarily have a point guard and the offense can flow through him um and I think that's the situation that he had with the Wizards that's why he was at his best because the offense moved through him um I think with the heat the offense definitely it, it looks like it would move through him too just because they don't have that uh they wouldn't have that point guard at this moment most likely because I'm guessing the Wizards would also try to um, I don't even know what they would get for him, honestly, from the Heat. That's the problem. It's like the Heat don't have much. The Warriors I, have the most, I don't though. Think for, I don't think you talk to Miami for Porzingis. No. I, I would think, just that down. I'd be like, where, wherever is the best option, that's what we're going with. Yeah, I, I just think that Porzingis and Golden State just makes too much sense, regardless of what we would get back. Like, it's just like he fits perfectly in a system, right? You put the shred, they don't really, you know, they haven't, you know, they don't really have the, the inside presence that Porzingis would bring as far as you talk about interior defense. And then on, offensively, if you're flexing everybody out, you know, that's exactly what Porzingis does, right? Would he, like, does the ball need to go through him more? Yeah, probably. And it probably wouldn't go as, you know, through him as well in Golden State because you have so many mouths to feed. But I think that he fits perfectly in Golden State. Um, you, you know, you don't want Jordan Poole, right, in that situation. Um, I think you got to ask for Kaminga, Moody, you know, whoever you can get at that point. Um, I'm trying to think. I, I was listening to a pod, I was listening to Zach Lowe the other day, and he had mentioned, I'm trying to find, I tweeted it, but he mentioned like Portland, the Clippers, like, I like the Clippers wouldn't give you shit, but like. I don't know if Anthony Simons can be had because it seems like they're trying to trade him every chance they can get. 
I don't really understand the discourse of Anthony Simons. I don't understand why the the Blazers are so quick. Like, I know you, you're trying to make Dane happy. I got it. It's like, you know, the kid can flat out play, right? He, he's just a flat out scorer, right? So I don't really understand if he can be had, you know, make that call. If that, you know, if they can't get three, if the, if, if they called Portland and said, Hey, you know, let's try to get that swap for three. And they were like, no, take Anthony Simons instead. I'd be like, okay, <laughs> fine. Right. Yeah. He's, he's got a, he's got a, you know, his contract isn't bad. He's, he signed a four for a hundred. So he's got like three years left at like 25 mil, which is like, if you have, if you're clearing all this cap space, it doesn't really make a difference, right? You're going to know if you're going to, if you're going all young, it doesn't matter that you have that, have that uh, contract on your books. So well, the way I look at his contract too, is that like down the line, that contract's looking pretty damn good. Yeah. I I would love that contract. If like talking about somebody that could give you 22 or, you know, 21, 22 points a game. And he's only going to get better with time too. I mean, he's still fairly young. I think that's the biggest thing that, you know, I guess feels like it gets discounted. A lot of stuff gets discounted when it comes to Anthony Simons. I don't understand. I don't understand why. I guess because he's undersized, maybe that might be it. But like even then, it's silly to me. He's such a talented player that if you have him at that at that nice contract, it feels very, you know, Anthony Simons trade. I was thinking about this. It would feel similar to like Shea to an extent, but not 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 no, listen listen to me hear me out hear me out here not in the <laughs> sense that he's going to be as good as Shea but I'm saying it's similar to how like Shea got traded to a team where he can kind of do his own thing and now he doesn't have to share you know a court with like you know a Kawhi or a Paul or Paul George you know they trade to get Porzingis and then Porzingis comes over for Anthony Simons you know, it works for, I think that will work out for the Wizards in the sense that, you know, they get their young players, they clear cap space, they have one less hole to fill, fill. you replace Bradley Bill with somebody that I think is on the up and up at this moment. Well, I think Anthony Simons, I think this year was just about at the same level as Bill, maybe a little bit, maybe a half tick below, but I just think things like that, that's the that's the right way to go about it. You go get your guy. And plus, not to mention better three-point shooter than Beal. Just saying, like, and how much better would he be in a situation with the Wizards considering that they would have, you know, more space around him? You know, you don't have to share it with a point guard that is very ball-dominant. So, I mean, you never, you never know. I mean, that's... Simple as that. The Wizards have a way better situation at hand, even if even if that it even if this is it, which I highly doubt it is. I like the situation that they have at hand. They have options with Porzingis. Um, you know, the draft's coming up soon. Still free agency to be had. They have more trades to make, I think, between, you know, like we said, Gafford Morris, maybe even trading some of your other young guys. Maybe you just want to evaluate them. I think, I think these younger guys that I drafted by Tommy, like the Denny Abias of the world, the Corey Kispert's, although I think Corey's a very valuable guy at this moment. You still have him for two more seasons. I think Denny is in a situation where either 
you want to just see what he has at this moment or you just want to flip him for some for something you know and i think at this moment you hold on to him if he balls out in the contract season you get your picks for him whatever you know if it's the second round picks like like they got for Rui, it's going to be super nasty but hey at this moment you're just trying to get you're trying to get as much as you can get for your buck and i think that's a decent decent move to be had um so we'll we'll see Yeah, I mean, like like you said, there's a couple of different routes that can go, you know, with the KP stuff. It's just, you know, it's all clean slate. As far as the other guys, like, I don't really see much reason. Like, if there's no value to be had, I feel it. But it's like, who on this team do you really want? Like, the one guy who, like, I would have been like, oh, he, you know, you could probably keep him around just in case is Jordan Goodwin, right? Because they just moved. But Corey, Denny, Gafford, if you can find any value, I'd like you might as well just start the roster with zero players on it at this point. Um, if they're going to gut it this way, just do a full gut. Um, there's not a whole lot of value. Like it's the core is not good enough to to want anybody to have, you know stick around at that point. There's it just doesn't really do a whole lot for you. Um, I mean, like, if you could put a good team together, like, Corey's the guy you keep, you, like, we talked about, like, the guy you want to keep around, but they're not going to be good anytime soon. So, they're, you know, why not flip Corey to a contender who needs a shooter and see if you can get something back in that, you know, in that, in that regard, maybe a late first or something. But the, the, at the end of the day, I think that there, the possibilities are kind of endless right now, right? It could, you know, it could go poorly theoretically, but the fact that they have, you know, they haven't had this much flexibility, you know, since we've been Wizards fans, literally, right? They're all, there's always a, a somebody who's way overpaid outside, you know, I, even when Wall first got here, they had the Richard Lewis contract and all those kind of things. So it's just like the possibilities are endless. You can start. It's hard to be outraged by the deal stuff still because there's still work to be done. Right. If this was just the end, if that was like, you know, I'll, this is the end of it, then it's like, all right, well, then, yeah, of course. But there's still so much work to be done and so much movement to be had that it's just like, we'll see where it goes. So that's how I'm feeling. Yeah. I mean, we, like we said, there's a billion different ways to move guys and get some, get some prospects back for them, maybe get some value. I think the biggest thing too is like, you know, I think with the Wizards, my my most exciting aspect of this team is the fact that like like you said you said we we have never seen this as people that grew up as wizards fans like we have never seen a situation where they haven't had an albatross of a contract i mean we all remember like if you go i guess to the early 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 2000s when you had rod strickland and mitch richmond and all those other guys and then you got jordan and the contracts were still bad back then. And the contract with Arenas killed the Wizards. They traded that for Rashard Lewis, just kicking a kicking a can down the road. And it was like the first time the Wizards actually had maybe a little bit of cap space. They had to blow it on, you know, you had to resign Wall and Beal. But then they blew it on Porter, which was foolish. Um and just killed their cap space. And then you were limited with options that you could make with, uh, you know, getting, you got bogey the one year, you got Morris another year trading the first round pick away, whether you could have just 
develop guys after drafting them, but you just decided, hey, look, we'll go on a route of trading away first round picks for, you know, decent role players, but not ones enough to move the needle. I just didn't, I didn't understand that. Um, because if you look at the Warriors, like the Warriors actually develop their guys or try to. <laughs> I think in this process, in this moment right now, they're trying to develop this next wave of guys and it's not going exactly the same way. And I think some people are panicking over that. But at the same time, you've had an opportunity to build to what you are now, which I feel like the Wizards are in that step one of, you know, building to something special, um, regardless of what it is. So I think special is <laughs> is in the next like two, three years, the making the playoffs at this point if they make the playoffs in two three years i'm i'm glad because like they they probably still won't have a lot of bad contracts they won't have any bad contracts by then they don't have any contracts yeah they won't have any contracts <laughs> it's like i'm not tripping i don't understand why so many people are tripping it's just like it blows me <laughs> i'm telling you it does not make any sense I mean, like we like we keep reiterating, if by the end, if by opening night, right, there's not a lot to be had and the roster looks like how it looks today. Can you is there a discourse dialogue? Absolutely. But it's like you still there's still so much to be done. You would you wanted a couple extra pieces for Brad? Absolutely. Could you have gotten it? Absolutely. Prop well, we don't know because it all might be with the no trade clause. But you know, there's still so much to be done. Like it's just, it's just outraged to be outraged because it's, you know, that's what happened, right? Not a good trade, but still just there's so much to be done. Man. I just I I understand, but I don't. It's kind of just where I'm at. So just too many, too many, I guess, disappointments from Wizards past. I think that's what it all is with some people, but it's also like, bro this is the same thing that people did with Michael Elias when he first got to the Orioles and they were just like, Oh, he's trading away everybody. And while I understand that, and baseball is also a sit is that different sport. Like I got to, I'm keeping this in mind, but like from my own personal experience, watching a team rebuild in real time, even recently, I just look at the Orioles. People didn't, they did, they tried not to give the Orioles a chance to rebuild. And now the Orioles are the third best team in the MLB. This is only, you know, four years after Elias got there. If the Wizards had the third best record in the in the NBA in three years, four years, if they're competitive, if they're highly competitive in two years, and maybe, you know, maybe they're like an OKC, OKC level team in two years, but you have no bad contracts. Now I'm looking at the Wizards like, dang, this is a way better situation than they've had i mean they haven't had a situation like that in years where it's fun for them to make the play-in you know like the play-in does not did not move me before but if they're okc like team where they're young and they're hungry and they're fighting for the play-in i'm cool with that if they get in the play-in and they make the playoffs through the play-in like like that way with the young guys that have something to continue to fight for that's cool with me. But if you get a bunch of 27, 28, 29-year-old guys, 30-year-old guys who, you know, is very clear that this is their last hurrah or one of their the, – the next – they're moving into their prime or they're exiting their prime, 
and they're only making the play in. That's a whole different story than if 19, 20 year olds make the play in. So, you know, next year we're talking about totally because I think this Wizards team is going to get blown to smithereens in the next couple of weeks. I don't even think I think Porzingis and a couple other people, they're out of the way, too. Like, it's going to be a totally different team. We might have freaking Bismack Biombo playing center <laughs> come come October. We might have Dwayne Dedman starting at center. It's going to get ugly. It's going to get so ugly. But I, I think that's a good situation for the Wizards to have because if it gets that mucked up at this moment, like very early on, they have a chance to actually get a, a first-round selection that is not a number eight, <laughs> is not a number seven or a nine or a ten. Like, the situation where they got a top-five guy, all bets are off. I mean, it, that's, hey, I like top-five better than I like top-eight, but I'm also confident in this organization now with the front office that it has, that they will be able to develop guys and later round picks too. So whatever picks that they could get going forward out of these guys, like I'm cool with that too. No doubt. We'll see what happens with Kuzma also. Hopefully, you know, wherever he's trying to go, they need to sign and trade him. Um, So you might be able to add something there. You know, there's value. There's always going to be value in guys like Gafford and Denny and Kispert also, so gut it, and let's go, right? Is this, it's, I mean, this is like, this is going to end up looking like a, like the Brooklyn Nets after they traded KG and Pierce, and there was nobody on there when Sean Marks first got there, but it, it's part of the, I mean, it's, it's what, what we wanted, right? It's what everybody wanted, so let's, let's do it. Yeah, those Nets teams were fun, too. That was the other thing. Yeah. <laughs> They were crazy, but they were fun. Like Jared Dudley, Dudley um, D'Lo, oh, Harris Levert, Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Very, very cool teams. Like just chill teams that you could, you know, you were okay with them making the eighth seed because it was like they weren't supposed to yeah. even be there. And they had assets. That's the other thing. They had so many assets on top of it after moving guys that. And not like a crazy amount of assets, but like enough that it was like, okay. The Wizards are actually in a significantly better spot than I would say that, you know, the Nets were in before they, you know, did that too. I will, I will add that because the Nets. Uh, It's hard to call. I mean, it it is right now, but I also think too, like the going rate for a Poisonous is probably going to net you something a little bit better than what you got for like a old Paul Pierce, you know? Yeah, of course. Like, I, I just think Porzingis is going to get you more and, you know, they, it's just not, it's not, I don't, I, I still feel like you got those other contracts that trade too, like they're still, and they're expiring. So even if you don't trade them, the cap space is going to go stupid in 2024. It's going to be the craziest cap space year that the Wizards have ever had. Um barring like 2016 and like 2010 because i i don't know if people are hip to uh this is gonna be a throwback for a lot of people but i remember 2010 before the decision uh wizards actually had a crap ton of cap space cleared out um 
John Wall had, I mean, John Wall was already drafted. So that was another thing, but Miss Cleo went on ESPN. Um, Miss Cleo, the psychic God rest their soul. But like she, she would go on, she went on ESPN. They asked her, they were like, Miss Cleo, where do you think uh, LeBron James will end up? And she was like, well, my crystal ball is telling me the Washington Wizards. And so the Wizards had cleared out cap space, but I just think to to that point, that was the last time I remember the Wizards having like an astronomical amount of cap space. And even then they really didn't, because you remember we talked about Richard Lewis. So super nasty deals, um, situation that they were in back then, and they still had a crap ton of cap space, but they also drafted John Wall. So it's a win-win situation. I mean, they lost, they won, they had ball. Had they had they won, had they gone all, I mean, had they gotten LeBron James, we could have done this what if, <laughs> but it is what it is. That was that was the last time, like I said, I can remember them having a ridiculous amount of cap space. But 2024 is that new year where you're like, yeah, if they have a crazy amount of cap space, the Wizards said they're set. I mean, even if they don't use it all. Sign sign a bunch of guys of one year deals. Just keep keep building that that opportunity for these young guys to to build on their game and then call it a day. Because this is the thing: I want to see Johnny Davis in the starting lineup five hundred times. Like if he can't play, he's gone. <laughs> That's what people have to understand. They it's a two year rookies get signed. The rookie scale is a two year team option. It's for it's a four year contract, two year team option. The thing is, after the second season, if he's bad, Wizards can opt out of that deal. You know, they don't have to keep Johnny Davis around if they don't want to. You know, so that's a that's another situation I really like. Like the Wizards don't have to pick up the options of guys that aren't doing them any favors anymore. I think that was a prior problem with them is that it was like, all right, well, we drafted these guys their first round picks and we just got to hold on to them because they're worth something. And it was like, they were overvaluing their own guys. Now you got to clear eyes, full hearts can't lose. They're going in there with, and Hey, they, they don't have any loyalty to Corey or Denny or Morris or any of these other guys. So that's fine. And I'm happy for it. You got a whole new front office in there. Maybe down the line, a new coaching staff, you never know. Um, but, hey, way better situation than 24 hours ago. And um, honestly, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> we'll see what happens in the next couple of hours, though. The one, the one thing I want to reiterate for the listeners is that did we got absolutely fleeced in this trade. It is not a good look, right? I think that the point that me and Kyle are trying to make is that let's just see how it plays out before we start pointing fingers. Right. So like, like we said, if I like the, I like having the, you know, the flexibility, just like Kyle said. And if this looks similar to how it does right now in a month, two months, three months, I completely understand the discourse. And I'm sure a lot of us, including me and Kyle will be upset. But right now, let's just let it go. I feel like is the, is the old, the one message I just want to reiterate. So yeah, I'm glad though. I'm glad ultimately. That's what it all boils down to. I'm glad new day. Uh <laughs> this is the thing. Bradley Bill buried 
good player, very good player, but he was never going to get the Wizards over any sort of hump by himself. So this is why a lot of Wizards fans are excited for the people on the outside that I think that are just like, oh, the Wizards are a dumb franchise. They just always do stuff stupidly, yada, yada, yada. Okay, we get it. We're fan. We've been fans since almost day one. I know I've been a fan since I was like three or four years old. And I'm like, I've seen, this is like, this is like number 150 in the dumbest moves that the Wizards have ever made. Like, this isn't even remotely close. Like, people are making it out to be this gigantic mountain of of crap. Like, that's, it just doesn't make any sense. Used to it. So used to it, bro. And I'm I'm annoyed because it's like, you hear all the all these national people. I'm gonna go on my rant. All these national people that are sitting up here talking about the Wizards are the dumbest franchise in the world. We it doesn't mean anything to us anymore. We get it. We get it. Not to mention this is a different front office. You want to go and call this front office stupid? You're being disingenuous because they haven't even had a chance to cook. And and too many people are sitting there like, oh well, it's the Wizards. Have you been paying attention? And none. No, none of them have been paying attention because they don't understand the front office. Nobody cares about the Wizards. So the national media is going to sit here, and not everybody in the national media, because Woj has done his thing. Woj has already built a relationship with the Clippers, and that's why him and Michael Winger seem to, you know, you you see that information coming from him. And But, like, with so many other people, they're just like, oh, the, this is a stupid move. Okay, yeah, in a, in a vacuum. But if we're talking about things that the Wizards need to clear cap space out still, they still need to get other assets from trading guys that they might have gotten in this trade, they get those pick swaps. Now you can go move from there. You still, like we talked about before, they have a lot to move still. And I just, I'm sick and tired. I'm, I'm just going to say it right now. Until... We see what the end result is. Because what, what did what did uh, Michael Winger say? It's a five-year plan, right? So if it's a five-year plan, there are going to be times where we criticize them. There's going to be times where they where they made the right decision right off the bat. It might not look like it right now because this is a complete beginning of it. But you got to give them a chance. I'm not saying that it's worked out. But like this whole defeatist attitude of like the Wizards are just stupid. And you got the people's fan bases who bunch of people, a bunch of clowns that are all like, oh yeah, I, I'm I'm a bandwagon, uh, they're all bandwagon fans and stuff. They like teams and they, and they just automatically think they know more than you because their team, their their team is better than your team. Then, you know, they just want to talk at you and not listen to what you have to say. They're just automatically like wizards are stupid and worst franchise in the world and they're still running things stupidly i mean reductive that is so <laughs> that, that's my biggest gripe about a lot of these fans and all this other shit like it's just it's ridiculous but i'm just glad that the wizards are out of cap hell almost almost that's all there is to it so but uh, Jack, I, I just appreciate you joining. Man, it's been a while. It's been a while. So I, I, the the Bill Shepard 
in my 20 year fandom of this team, diehard fan of this team for the first time in 20 years, I had zero interest in watching the products that they put on the court last season, which you can't podcast if you're not watching games. All right. I know Stephen A. Smith can get away with that, but I cannot. So appreciate you having me on my boy. I, uh, I feel a bit rejuvenated now that my mortal enemy is finally. (laughs) (laughs) Mortal enemy. That's crazy. But look, Hey, it's a new day, bro. That's all I got to scam. So look, I'm just gonna keep it. I, I I've told I've told them all, I've been as like for all the people that are listening. I've been as cordial as possible, and like as like, like less, you know. I've been talking like I I feel like I was able to pull myself out. It was like an out of body experience. Like yeah, you're on an astral plane where you can just kind of kind of disassociate yourself from being like a fan fan. And I was looking at it from like a very objective point of view. But now that Michael Winger and company are here, it's just like, just when I thought I was out, they pulled me right back in. They make me feel like a fan again. They make me feel like I'm ready to fight y'all over the Wizards. Fine. Well, maybe Woo! not. Maybe it's not quite to that point. But hey, it's a it's a way different situation than it was a couple weeks ago. Like I'm I'm hyped. I'm excited. They they can still move Porzingis. We don't even know if they, I mean, really, if they just like Kyle Kuzma walk, whatever. I mean, yeah, nah, it doesn't, it does not hurt my feelings one bit. Like people are like, you're going to lose Kuz. Okay. <laughs> like, all right. Poor Good thing. player. There's no, like, if you're going in this direction, you don't need them. But I mean, would you prefer to get assets back for them? Yes. Cause they should have yeah. traded them at the trade deadline, but yeah. they did not. So it is what it is. Yeah. Cause Thomas, Thomas, the tank engine. Well, he didn't tank. That's the thing. He even messed up on his name. How are you going to not tank? You're literally, Tom, he should be Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> I don't know why he didn't tank. Bum, Tommy, Shepard, what are you doing? Why? But it is what it is. It does not matter. Tommy Shepard's gone. Michael Winger's in. Will Dawkins. Bradley Beal's gone. That's all that matters. Bradley Beal's gone. Porzingis might be soon to be gone, which I'm like, I like Porzingis as a player, and I think he was a very good influence on this team. But he's got to go at this point. You cannot keep him. You can't. Um, Kyle Kuzma, bye. <laughs> and I and and that's as somebody has said, Kyle Kuzma might win Most Improved Player of the Year prior to this uh, season starting. So, but at the same time, so be it. It is what it is. I'm not upset. I'm happy. I'm going to leave it at that because I could go on for hours on this show. But uh, thank you all for listening. It's Kyle Andrews. Follow me at Kyle J Andrews underscore Jack. Where can we follow you at, bro? You know where to find me, man, on Twitter at Jack underscore Skolnick. Uh, my last name is spelled S-K-O-L-N-I-K. Go give me a follow. Glad to be back talking with my guy, Kyle. Capital crossover pod. We up, baby. Yes, sir. Thank you all for listening. This is another episode of the Capital Crossover Podcast. Give us five stars. Simple as that on Snapchat. Well, I almost said Snapchat. I'm tripping. (laughs) (laughs) Spotify, that is. Apple Podcasts. Listen to us. Rate us. Give us a nice review. You know, we need more people to listen. We want to get more people to talk with. 
We want to get more people to, uh, you know, join us on a podcast, get, get some more guests. And we will have another episode for you this week just because it's draft week. Let's get back to it. Thank you all. Have a good one.